Welcome to Texas Businesses on the Rise. I'm Tatiana Chamorro, owner at High Digital Dallas and VP of High Creative. We interview business owners and their journey, dive into the do's, don'ts, and overall experience. We want to empower others by sharing experiences so we get raw and real on what it means to be a business owner. Stick around to the end of the podcast. We'll share great insights and reveal how you can be the next one interviewed. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Texas Business Businesses on the Rise podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and we are here today with Lindsay Wonder, and she's going to be telling us about her business and how her business is one of the ones on the rise. So, Lindsay, it's so nice to have you. Thank you for having me. Anytime. So, let's jump into a little bit about your background. Can you share a little um, background information about your business and how you got started? Um, It definitely wasn't a direct path. (laughs) It's been a little bit windy and bumpy, as I'm sure many people can relate to. Um, I actually went to school originally for biomedical engineering, and it wasn't until I had my degrees and started doing internships to kind of figure out what am I going to do with these science and math degrees, because I didn't want to do the engineering anymore, um, <laughs> that I started something involved with teaching, and I just fell in love with it. So I went back to school to get my teaching credential. Um, many people were surprised that, that I went from biomedical engineering to now teaching in the low-income schools in South Central California. But I loved it. I didn't love California. So I moved from my home state of California to Chicago. And that's where I decided to start tutoring full time because I'd been tutoring part time to supplement my income as a teacher. And when I was tutoring full time, I didn't plan on it becoming a business, but it just blew up within two years to the point that I had a friend say to me, you have to hire someone <laughs> like you, you're working seven days a week, 14 hour days. And she, I remember her words very strongly said, the first you hire will be the hardest. And then you're going to look back and say, why didn't I do this sooner? And it's so true. And here I am now um, a decade later, and my business is in Illinois and Texas, and I have 60 plus tutors. So Things are growing and I just started a nonprofit. (laughs) So I started a second business on top of it. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a definitely not a direct path or it wasn't really super intentional. I just really followed my gut along the way and um, pursued my passion. And that's where I am now. And I love it. And that's amazing, Lindsay, because you have a non-traditional career path in a sense. And there's a lot of people out there who are maybe aspiring to go into the entrepreneurship journey, or they're working a corporate job, doing that nine to five hustle and bustle, but it's not what they're really passionate about. So then you really have to kind of take a step back and say, is this my passion? And does my passion fuel my purpose? And I just love the way that you kind of explain how you went from biomedical engineering into teaching, and it just shocked the pants off of some people in your inner circle. (laughs) It did. And you know, there's there. I was told when I was choosing my major that just choose a job that makes you money because you're going to hate your job anyway. And I remember even at the age of 17, 18 going, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, how can you have a third of your life, if not more, doing something you don't even enjoy, you know? So because you're eight hours a day. So I just 
I knew at that point that it had to be something I liked. And I, you know, even with engineering, I loved learning about it, but I didn't like doing it. And so there's a definite distinction there as well. What can you see yourself doing day in, day out? And, you know, even owning a business, there's parts of it that aren't glamorous and aren't really things that I love to do. But for the most part, you know, it's something that I look forward to doing each day. I don't dread Mondays. I don't dread the morning. So that in itself um, is pretty unique (laughs) compared to a lot of other people who are in situations where they kind of followed what someone else told them to do or what they thought they should do. And they might be successful and have money and status, but they're just not happy. Yes. And I love that you said that point because there's going to be listeners out there who are going to grab onto what you just said. So what I heard is sometimes you have to do what makes you happy and not do what other people want you to do and rely on the validations from other people because, you know, you could have all the status, you could have all the money in the world, but still be empty because you're not doing something that brings you as an individual joy. And the other part that I resonate with is you um, being in the engineering field, because I've I worked in oil and gas for 11 and a half years, not an engineer though, just in supply chain. And it was like, okay, I'm just doing it for the money because everyone knows oil and gas pays well. But at the end of the day, there's ups and downs with oil and gas and nothing is recession proof. Nothing is secure. So you have to um, remind yourself that, you know, you have to do something that brings you joy 24 seven. And my older brother once told me that if you do something for the money, you'll hate it. But if you do something that you're passionate about, the money is going to come. If that resonates. It's like the exact opposite yes. advice I got. It's so <laughs> funny, but I say that now to my students that, you know, if, cause I have a tutoring company and it, it's like, if you choose something you're passionate about because you're passionate about it, you're going to put in the work when you hit those lows, you're going to fight to make it survive and you're going to be successful purely because you're passionate about it. I don't care if it's, you know, basket weaving underwater, whatever it is, you're going to find a way to make money because simply you're passionate about it. So I completely agree. And you light up when you talk about the tutoring, Mm -hmm. whenever you talk about engineering, you didn't have that Lindsay glow. You didn't (laughs) have that hundred watt smile, but you Mm -hmm. can see that you're in your zone. You're in the Lindsay zone and you're doing something that is impacting and changing lives. So it brings me to the next question. What are some of the struggles that you had along the way and how did you overcome those struggles? You know, a little bit kind of ties into what you just said. When, when you have your own business that is so closely tied to your passions, you tend to intertwine yourself into it in a personal way. And when things don't go according to plan or when you hit the inevitable lows that always happen, because like you said, nothing is recession proof, but there's always just ups and downs in business, you kind of take it personally. (laughs) You know, you start thinking, why, you know, am I bad at this? Was this a mistake? Am I doing the wrong thing? And I definitely had a lot of that. I had a lot of self-doubt when I hit my first lows in the business of what's going on. Am I doing the wrong thing? Should I just scrap it and go work for someone else? And what I recognized is that a lot of that self-talk, that negative self-talk and that self-doubt was coming from things that were said to me in the past that weren't really serving me anymore. 
And I just learned to figure out that the source of those, um, those comments was no longer applicable anymore. And it wasn't something I needed to address there. I had to distinguish between when was it harmful self-talk and when was it actually a little warning of, Hey, just slow down a minute, (laughs) you know, double check this. And I had to learn to distinguish between the two. And I'm still working on that. I'm still working on the self-talk aspect of it. But that was definitely a big epiphany for me as a business owner of things are going to get low. Don't take it personally. Don't beat yourself up. Look at the situation. Decide, you know, from a standpoint without a ton of emotion behind it, what's the next best step? Because it's not personal. (laughs) You know, it is just how it is being a business owner. And I think a lot of that also, that understanding came from, I didn't really want to identify as an entrepreneur because I think I had an idea of what an entrepreneur was and they were money hungry and, you know, greedy. And when I started meeting other entrepreneurs that were more socially conscious and, you know, um, heart centered, when they started telling me about their experiences, their ups and downs, I was like, oh, okay. So this is not a me thing. This is an everybody thing. And as long as you have that perseverance and you have that resilience, and that underlying passion to continue to push, you're going to be fine. And so that was a big, a big wake up call for me. That's beautiful because what the nuggets I took away from that is mindset shift. You have to shift your mindset and you have to not allow stinking thinking or what other people said about you or where you can go, keep you in a holding pattern. So once you shook that off, you could see how you began to fly and soar like an eagle. And then perspective is everything too. Once you begin to see yourself and your business in a different light, then you're going to begin to thrive because we as human beings, we have to understand that we have to check in with ourselves and do that self-inventory, practice self-awareness, self-care. And whenever we are going to certain levels in life, sometimes we have to be mindful of who's in our inner circle, whether those are your first five, like that um, phone company back in the day, or whether it's, you know, your mentors, people who will not just be your yes man or your yes woman, but they're going to be rooting for you at the top, just like they're pushing you from the bottom. So that's beautiful. Um, I guess my next question for you is, sorry, I have my little, (laughs) how, um, how do you find your clients and how do you retain those clients? Because whenever you're in a business, your business is your baby and you want to make sure whatever you put out there and you attract, you keep what you attract, if that makes sense. Yeah, especially in a service-based business where I have other people providing the service. It's very scary because my name, you know, and my, my, my baby is tied to that. Um, You know, one of the things that I recognize from the beginning in my education experience as a classroom teacher is it really is about building relationships with the students, with the families. And that's how you build trust. That's how you build loyalty. Um, And I brought that over to my company, not really realizing how powerful it was. And it's funny, you know, 10 years later, I still get feedback constantly about how, how are you so busy, but you make the time to do these personal touches. Something I did this morning was I thought, God, there's so, there's clients I haven't talked to in like a year who I really miss. 
and I just wrote hand wrote cards to them. I was in the middle of a webinar. I'm listening, you know, so I can do it, but I'm writing cards to them that I'm going to send out and just say, hi, I miss you. How are you? Kind of thing. Those are the little touches to keep in contact with people, to let them know that they are also important in your life, that you value them as people, not just customers, um, that I think has really helped not just for me to retain clients, but for those clients, even years after they're done with our services, to continually refer people to us. And referrals are the best new clients because <laughs> they just call and they're like, hi, I want tutoring. I was referred. Here's my money. <laughs> like there's no questions. There's no problems. It's so quick to onboard them. They are just so thankful. They already know what my business is about and what our mission is and they're on board with it. And so, you know, as much as those referrals come in, that's what keeps me going, especially because we're working with kids. You know, we're, people don't get a service for their kids from a billboard. You know, they want referrals. So it really does come down to not just the relationship with the student, but with the family as a whole. And as a business owner, yes, that brings in more business for me. But what it does is create a better service. Our service is much more effective that way. Um, because like I said, we build relationships and trust with our students and then they're more willing to try the things that we suggest and work with us. Same with the families. So not only does it bring in the referrals, it just makes what I deliver so much more effective, which then brings in more referrals, <laughs> you know? So when it comes down to it, I know a lot of people might be listening. I don't have time to do these handwritten cards. I don't have time to be sending these messages. It's so worth it as opposed to trying to do all these ads and trying to go to all these networking things, which are still valuable, but find time. I Sometimes it's when I'm watching trashy TV <laughs> that I'll go and send certain messages, you know, or when I'm in the car or on the train, that's when I do certain things. But I really make a, a point to do it at least every week to, to maintain that contact, even with clients who are not with me anymore. And I just um, love what you said there because you're putting a personal touch into the service that you offer because sometimes people think that, you know, a service is just a one-time exchange, but whenever you have a business that you want to continue to cultivate, like tutoring, you're, you become a lifelong partner with the family because you establish a bond with not just the children that's involved, but also their parents or whoever else is a part of their life because you're planting seeds into that person and in hopes of them reaping a harvest later on in life. And you never know the impact that you make today and how it's going to work out for someone's future later on down the line. So by you just saying, oh, I'm going to send these personal thank you cards, you never know the impact whenever they receive your card because they may receive it at a time where they need some encouragement. They need someone to let them know, hey, I'm just thinking about you or you were on my mind and that's going to give them you know, the hope that they need to go on. And then whenever you are cultivating your business and you're putting your heart into it, then the referrals are coming. But that shows that you're a great service provider because you're not just doing it for the money, but you're also doing it to change life and lives and be the change that you want to see. And one of the fun things about reaching out to them, like you brought up, I, I kind of get a, caught up on what's happened since we've talked and it's cool, you know, like that in itself gives me my lift up for the day to hear of all the achievements and all the things that have happened since we talked last. And then I get, you know, I usually get a thank you, you know, in the in the correspondence between us. So, you know, it feels good 
to maintain those relationships, you know, selfishly, it, it, it's my little boost. It makes me feel good too. Yeah. And you're making time for what matters for you because we're all busy, you know, we're, but we all have 24 hours in the day. So you make time for what's important to you. And like you said, you can multitask if you're watching trashy TV, if you're just, you know, cooking, like you could even like, you know, send a voice note into your phone to remind you. And then whenever you get that downtime, the voice note that you sent to yourself could, um, it's going to be a reminder there for you to write that handwritten card. So there's many ways that we could squeeze things into our day without feeling like we're drained, if that makes sense. So I just love the fact that you incorporated that piece into your business, which is so important as a service provider. And I guess one more question for you, Lindsay, and then we're going to wrap up this phenomenal interview. So what advice would you give to other people out there who are aspiring to start their business? Well, you touched on it a little bit already. I think the first thing is figure out who your top five are, like you were (laughs) saying. Know who to talk to for advice, who's going to tell it to you straight, but from a very supportive um, position rather than, you know, a worried or a doubtful position. Um, when I started to figure out who do I go to for this, who do I go to for this? That's when things became a lot easier for me. And it's nice for them to know that they're a source for you and, you know, you thank them for it and that makes them feel good. Um, so I think that's the first thing. The second is something we touched on a little bit too, when we were talking about passion, I would even take it a step further and, and really bring up the value of intuition And I know that that's a word that a lot of people might be a little hesitant to tap into. So you can say gut feeling or whatever you want to call it, (laughs) something, right? But there's a, there's something that's telling you when something's the right way to go and not. And I always, when I'm trying to tell people what intuition is to me, it's the thing that makes me go, "Ah," you know, like. Not that I'm not worried, not that I'm not a little scared, but I still feel good about it. That's the path I go down. If I have an idea or an idea presented to me that doesn't align with my values or doesn't feel right, but I think it might make me money, almost every single time I try doing it and it doesn't work out because I don't think I felt it in my heart or in my gut. Mm -hmm. So I've learned now really just follow those things that feel right. Um, even if something else looks tantalizing, you know, you're like, huh, I check myself now and I'm like, does it align with my values? How do I feel about this? I let myself sit on it for a couple of days. I go to my people, talk to them before I make a decision on it. I think that's really key too, because sometimes when we're business owners, we want to do it all. We want to help everyone. We want to provide everything. And it really will spread you thin if you aren't really focused in on what closely aligns with your business and what your purpose is. Um, Then I would say the last thing is don't underestimate the value of talking to people who aren't in your field. I think I thought I always had to talk to um, educators for them to understand what I was going through. And to be honest, a lot of other tutoring companies don't want to talk to me for ideas because we're competitors, right? But it was really when I started talking to people in different fields that I got some of the best ideas because sometimes when you're in your world, you're just, you you have your blinders, you only see your world. And someone in a totally unrelated field is like, you know, we tried this in my field. I wonder if you could adapt it over here. And it's like light bulbs go off and you get that feeling and you're excited and it's, you know, you know, to go for it. 
So I think that that's, that's really valuable. Talk to people who align with your morals, not necessarily with your field. And make sure that the way they handle their business is how you would handle, want to handle yours and get advice from them. Beautiful. So I guess to what I heard, let me summarize it. Uh-huh. Understand who your key players are, the top, pe- the top people that's in your circle. Make sure you're listening to your gut instincts, your intuition, having that discernment and just being mindful and don't always jump at the first opportunity, but really take some time to let the information marinate in to make sure it's the right move for you and the timing is right. The other thing is make sure whatever you're doing is aligning with your morals and your values. And you don't necessarily need to be connected with people in your industry, but step outside of your comfort zone, take a leap of faith and get advice and counsel from other people who are in business, but may be doing something different than you, but they could provide um, valuable input to help you see things in a different perspective. And it allows you who is aspiring to be a business owner to have a different sense of perception, but also it's giving you the ability to be open-minded to see things from a different perspective without you having your blinders off and being closed-minded and having that tunnel vision. Does that sum it up? That was a perfect (laughs) summary. (laughs) Good job with your active listening that we teach our students to do. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lindsay. And can you tell the listeners one more time the name of your business, how to get in contact with you? And I know you said that you were located in Chicago. Yeah. So we're actually in Illinois and Texas. Okay. So I have two businesses. One is Worldwise Tutoring. We work with students of all ages, all abilities, all subjects. And we actually teach things like thinking like a scientist, the entrepreneurial mindset. So our focus is to work on the underlying skills and then the academics and the grades and the scores improve um, as a result. You can find more information about Worldwise Tutoring by going to worldwisetutoring.com or looking up Worldwise Tutoring on every social media. I am everywhere. (laughs) I also started a nonprofit four months ago called Educate, Radiate, Elevate, which is giving the same high-quality tutoring, but to low-income K-12 through students of color in Illinois and Texas. And so it's the same idea where we're providing those underlying learning and life skills. And the goal for both companies is to get our students confident and independent so they no longer need a tutor. Um, You can find more about Educate Radiate Elevate by going to EducateRadiateElevate.org. And then you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Beautiful. There you have it, listeners. We've had a pleasure speaking with Lindsay Wonder. She is definitely a woman that is going places. She is one of the Texas businesses on the rise. And be sure to go out and follow her you know, tap into her, you know, all the incredible things that she's doing because man, it's only been like 20 or 30 minutes and I'm already blown away by all the amazing things that she's doing. So thank you so much, Lindsay. Hey there, this is Tatiana. Thank you so much for listening to Texas Businesses on the Rise. If you are a successful entrepreneur who would like to be on this podcast, please visit highdigital.com slash podcast dash Texas slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it. 
If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag Texas Businesses on the Rise. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, highdigital.com slash Dallas. Or follow me directly on LinkedIn and Instagram at Tatiana Chamorro. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.